Hello, 90 Day Fiancé fans. Welcome to 90 Day Fiancé Honestly, the podcast that brings you an unfiltered, no-nonsense take on all things 90 Day. I'm B, And I'm Amy. We promise you two things. No tangents and zero interruptions from ads. We're diving deep into the world of international love, decoding all of the relationship drama, and serving up the truth with a side of humor. So whether you're a seasoned 90 Day fan or just starting the K-1 visa journey, buckle up for a ride filled with love, laughter, and of course, honesty. Hi, Amy. Happy. Happy Valentine's Day. Happy Valentine's Day. I completely forgot about that. Yeah, it is the 14th of February today. I never know what day it is anymore, but thank you for reminding me. Today's recap is for 90 Day Diaries, Season 5, Episode 6. I apologize to our listeners. I have a cold. I don't sound great. So please excuse my heavy breathing and or snuffling. All right, let's get started with Annie and David. This is their second appearance because we got them as a bonus couple to Smith and Jenny a couple of weeks ago. But now we're just focusing on what they're doing. And I found this really interesting. Did you? How they're splitting their time between the US and Thailand? Absolutely. And that obviously gives us a little more information behind why they have these places in Thailand. So I I think that's really cool because then David gets to see his family, Annie gets to see hers, and it's not a matter of very little homesickness in that capacity. Yeah, they really have the best of both worlds to have brought Annie over to the US. But then like you said, she doesn't have to give up her family, they can go visit them, probably not anytime, but fairly frequently, it sounds like. And for longer and, periods of time than just a yeah. visit, you know? So, I mean, their situation is totally ideal when it comes to a 90-day fiancé. I just love the fact that they're going back, that they have these condos so they can be with her family, which is also his family. And they've been married now for six years. That was shocking. Totally. it's. I don't understand that timeline in regards to her citizenship which was the focus of this episode. Because I thought that once you became married to an American citizen, it was just a question of waiting about a year or so to get your green card. But it seems like that wasn't the case for her because they're six years down the road. She just still doesn't have her citizenship. I should have looked into that, but my sleuthing skills were limited this morning. <laughs> I, From what I understand, your green card is not the same thing as a permanent residency card. Yeah, you've lost me there. I, I know nothing about the immigration process in the US. But I just didn't understand why when we've seen other couples, like for instance, Julian Brandon, she had her green card, she got her green card a long time ago in a previous was it it was in 90 Day Fiance when she came over that towards the end of the season, she had obtained her green card already, or at least her work permit. Maybe I'm confusing the two. I think you get your I I don't know, perhaps we should look into this. Maybe we should considering the nature of the show is all about this. It is a big hole in our understanding and education. Well, all right. Well, let's be serious. This week is off. It's Wednesday today, which is why I don't know what day it is. Because, you know, my whole week's been thrown off. It has been. And it's all the fault of the Super Bowl. The Super Bowl hadn't taken place. We would have been on track. Everything would have been fine. I had no idea that we weren't getting a regular 90 Day Fiance episode until... Sunday night when people were spamming Reddit with, oh no, how long are we going to have to wait for this now? We don't have an episode. I'm so disappointed. Now what am I going to do? I know. It's a huge failure of 
the broadcasting corporations that they don't show a Super Bowl on a Saturday night, which would be so much better because nobody does anything on a Saturday night. There's no good TV on Saturday nights. And for the people who tend to drink too much while watching the Super Bowl, it would provide them with a day of recovery before going back to work on Monday. But it's Super Bowl Sunday. It's not Super Bowl Saturday. But it rolls off the tongue just as easily. I'm not Super arguing Bowl with Saturday. you. I'm not <laughs> arguing with you at all. I I just really wish that I'd received some some notification previously. I agree. Based on like when we recorded the podcast last week, we we're like, oh no, we'll be a couple days late. But I, I didn't like it wasn't because of the Super Bowl. No, I didn't receive any messages about the change of schedule until Monday when I saw an Instagram post from TLC saying that they were not having an episode because of Super Bowl. And I went, oh, okay, so that's what was going on. But let us know in advance so that we can mentally and emotionally prepare for not having an episode. Absolutely. <laughs> Absolutely. That, yeah, that was that was a huge hit to my to my Monday. Yeah, me too. I felt lost in a drift on Monday, looking for an episode to watch and not finding anything. Yeah, I kept refreshing it. And then I saw that there just wasn't an episode. And I was just, what? Why, why have you taken this from me? <laughs> it's so, so dramatic. <laughs> but it reminds, it reminds me of Christmas when we had like the yeah. two weeks and it was just yeah. just longing for the updates. I know. We do and I, go through withdrawal, don't we? And I really just want to wrap this season up. Just let us wrap it up. Why do you keep prolonging it? Yeah, of the regular 90-day series, I agree. I would like it to come to a close, but it seems like they're going to extend it all the way into March now. <sighs> just for the way things are going. We'll yeah. deal with it. Yeah. Shall we get back to Annie and David? Yes. And this question of citizenship? Okay, so she's getting ready for her test, which requires that she get 60% correct of the 10 questions that are asked. They go to this park and they start doing a little revising. Apparently there's a park with all of the statues of American presidents, which I'd never heard of before. It's kind of neat. I thought that was really cute that David took her there to, to go through just a couple more of the questions. I thought that was just so adorable. And how handy that it's on the way that you've got this park with presidents. So cute. Anyway, she goes in to take her test and then we get the caption, a few hours later. And I was like, a few hours? Why does the 10-question test take a few hours? What are they doing? There must I'm have been saying, more to it. I, I, I just, when I was watching it, I envisioned it like going through the airport where you have to go in and you have to register and then you have to go through security. And that's how mm -hmm. I saw it in my brain. I know it's probably not the same thing in any capacity, but that's mm -hmm. just where my little brain went. <laughs> Who knows? Could be. Maybe somebody can tell us. While Annie is away taking the test, we see David in his car and he's talking about the surprise that he's planned for Annie, which is that when she passes the test, he's going to present her with an engagement ring for a re-proposal, which was very romantic and sweet of him. I love that he said when, when she passes. There was no doubt in his mind that she was going to pass, which I thought was really sweet. Yeah. They go to a friend's house to celebrate her having passed the test, because of course she does, which is just lovely. I love the community feeling of all of these people celebrating Annie and being there for her in this moment of triumph. I felt the excitement. I wasn't yeah. there. 
I don't know these people, but I, yeah. I felt the excitement. Yeah, it was really, really touching. Just a small thing, but I just totally felt that feeling of them being there for her and, and really loving her. So this is where David does his reproposal, gets down on one knee, asks her. He, he would have gotten down on one knee if he could. Well, he, he, he halfway got there. No, okay, we'll, we'll take it. Yeah, it was like a, a half kneel. That's fine. And the idea is that what they're going to do is have another marriage ceremony in Thailand because they haven't been able to do that. They only had the American wedding, which is a fabulous idea. I love that. Can we just talk about how incredible that wedding is going to be? Like the the engagement party that they had over there was so fun and it must have been so exhausting because I feel like it went on forever. But I, I think this wedding is going to be so beautiful. Yeah, I can't wait to see it. I know that it's going to be colorful and there's going to be lots of great music. And of course, the food. Yes, mm. the food. Oh, yes. Thai food. Yum. Mm. <laughs> That's all I have to say about them. Do you want to move on or any more comments? Not. let's continue. Okay. So next is Julia and Brandon. We see Julia training their German Shepherd, who's a very large puppy. And also very smart puppy, obviously. But this isn't the focus of this episode. The focus is the fact that they do have financial stress. And because Brandon is the only income earner between the two of them, she really wants to get a job so that she can help out and they can be a little bit more comfortable. So Good for her. I fully support this. Absolutely. Her ideal job, her dream job is to become a go-go dancer again, a job that she's already had that she's very talented at, obviously. So she finds a place in Virginia where there are go-go dancers and she goes for an interview. It's not clear if Brandon knows that she's going for the interview or not, but in any case, she goes, great, pursue your dreams. I think that was a good choice. And as it turns out, we find out that nudity in Virginia is completely prohibited. So in a go-go club, you will get dancers stripping down to, or just dancing in bikini-like beachwear, but not getting any more naked than that. I thought that was wonderful for her to clarify because she knew how uncomfortable Brandon was with the whole idea of her becoming a stripper. Yeah, I thought that if this was going to be his objection, that surely he's going to say, fabulous, great, I fully support you, go for it. Because it's not like she's stripping down to nothing and showing people, complete strangers, all of her physical attributes. She's just going to be like as if she was on a beach and dancing in front of people. So why not? She does an audition. She does great in the audition. She's wearing those absolutely enormous heeled shoes. I don't know if they have a name, but they just look so uncomfortable. I want to call them go-go boots. But, but they were just like strappy pump-like things. Oh, I, maybe I wasn't paying attention to that. I don't know how women manage to dance in these ridiculous shoes that are so incredibly high and they look like very flimsy in the way that they would support you. But she does. She dances and she does fantastic. The manager of the bar is very impressed with her and they talk about what other things she could do to make money, like being a bartender. And it sounds like she can make between 300 to $1,000 a night, yeah, which is unbelievable. It's true, though. The next thing that Julia needs to do is to talk it over with Brandon 
she clearly has an idea that he might object because she not, needs to make the unveiling of this information as palatable as possible for him. So she sets a romantic stage with candles and a massage for him. And it looks really, really nice what she's preparing for him. But this is just to soften the blow of saying, I went for an audition. I've been offered a job as a go-go dancer. I have to commend her though, because not only did she have to like apply or seek out this place, she had to get the interview and then she killed it at the interview and got a job, which was, oh, and as a go-go dancer, not as a stripper. So in theory, this checks off every single one of the boxes that, that he had set out as his requirements that we saw in the last episode. Right. So I, I commend her for doing it the way that she did and obviously presenting this information in such a way just puts her in a better position to, to give him this information. However, it was not well received. Well, was it? I mean, really, because from the get go, as soon as she made this announcement to him, I was looking at his face very carefully. This looked totally fake to me. It couldn't have been more fake unless there were producers there telling them how to create this fake argument. Because when Brandon says, why don't you just go ahead and do porn as his throwaway comment, like, this is what I think of you being a go-go dancer. You can see Julia is biting her tongue and she's trying not to laugh. And he's doing the same thing. They both have this pained expression on their face of somebody who's delivering a line and really trying to be serious about it, but not quite managing. You were paying a lot more attention to the visuals than I was today. I did not see that at all. <laughs> so I call setup. I I don't think that Brandon really has this reaction. I think that it's a good bit of friction between them for him to be standing firm and saying, no, I will not have my wife be a stripper, which she is not going to be. But in the end, we're going to see that Julia convinces him that it's okay for her to do this. That's how I took it. Just now that you say it that way, that makes so much more sense because him just jumping to the porn bit was just so detrimentalizing. And they've had this conversation before and he's never been the same response. So why would that happen now? I, I don't know. But thank you for picking up on that. Well, I don't know if I'm right. This is just my observation and my interpretation of the situation. But given that she was a go-go dancer in the past, that she is so good and passionate about dancing, it seems likely that she would pursue that as a career. And for him not to support her would just be so at odds with their relationship. Like he, obviously he wants her to be happy. She's not doing anything quote unquote, wrong by being a go-go dancer. And especially when they have this law in Virginia where you can't be naked as a dancer, how can he possibly object? Well, and he can't, especially because, you know, they're in financial difficulties and she did yeah. this to help the family mm-hmm. and she did it all on her own. Yeah. Good for her. Yeah. I think she's great. I really want her to go and get this job. And, you know, the money is fantastic. It'll really help them out. So why not? I agree. As, Go and as, do what you love. Yeah, especially because of that reason, because she loves it, because she clearly gets a really good feeling from doing the dancing. You know, it speaks to her passion. So 
that's all I have for those guys. Yeah, I got nothing. Okay, let's go to Debbie and Tony. They're living in Port Coquitlam, BC. Yay! Yay, Canada! We've got a little bit of representation going on. So it's their one-year anniversary, and they're trying out yoga for the first time as a couple, which is pretty cute. I, I thought that was just adorable. I love it when couples try new things together. I think that always keeps your relationship pretty solid. It gives you a little bit of adventure and spark to share. We hear that things between Debbie and Colt are now on an even keel. They talk together three or four times a week on text. And it seems like the relationship is pretty much healed. She acknowledges that being separated from Colt is a good thing. And I was like, amen to that. Yes. I think I think everyone in this situation rejoices. There is much rejoicing going on. <laughs> because mothers and sons living together for that long and being so intertwined in each other's lives is not healthy. Now, especially when he's married, there's already yeah. been so much conflict. And I think it's the best for all parties. Absolutely. You don't need all that meddling going on in each other's lives. Just not a good situation. So the only bit of conflict that we have between these guys is that Debbie is talking about how she has felt like she has to fit into Tony's life. She feels like she's been adjusting and making sacrifices for him, which seems a bit sad because You don't want to feel that way in your relationship, that you're making all of the changes to adapt to that person and that they don't have to do anything for you. But Tony has a very sweet solution. The best solution in the entire world. Let's be serious. I agree 1000%. You go to get a kitten or a cat. So they go, and even though they already have pets, I think they had two cats and a dog. Don't really remember exactly. I remember the two cats. Okay. So they go to a shelter to adopt a cat together or to visit the cats and to see if one of them will become their next pet. Unfortunately, they don't find what they're looking for, which is a kitten. And I love kittens so much. I can totally understand that. But of course, adult cats are lovely as well. I got to miss out on the kitten stage with my two boys. But I did get to experience the kitten phase with your youngest. Yes. Who is arguably one of the most adorable kittens I've ever seen in my entire life. And now he is the world's grumpiest cat. He he looked like it from birth. He did. That is so funny that he was so... Cute and adorable and loving and would like come to you when you called him. He was just so happy all the time, especially when you fed him. And now he's like, do not touch me, human. Do not look at me. I do not want you near me. He just looks so cantankerous with his squishy little face. And like, oh, you you can't be that mad at me. We we sometimes call him the mafia boss because he can (laughs) call a hit on anybody at any time. (laughs) But I, I, can, I love I love him just the same. I love him as much as the other two. I can totally see that. Anyway, adorable little fluff ball. Yes. So it looks like kitten season is not happening just at the moment. Tony and Debbie will have to go back a little bit later and see if they can find a kitten some other time. So, but I, 
I think this is good because they're not getting a cat just to get a cat. They're waiting yeah. to find one that fits. And I I think that that's something that a, a lot more of animal owners should do as opposed to just, you know, this one. I want this yeah. one. Yeah. Yeah. You have Absolutely. to get that feeling and you have to let them pick you. And Exactly. It's more about the cat picking you than it is about you picking the cat. Mm-hmm. For sure. All right. Are we ready for Caesar? Yes. This was quite the opening scene of Caesar in his romantically planned bathroom with candles, flowers, all so that he can get ready to provide a semen sample to do a fertility test. You know what? Good for him for romancing himself. He always got to do a little self-care. Self-care is awesome. I applaud the self-care. It just struck me as quite funny in a way that he's going to light the candles and and do the flowers for this for this moment. I mean, he is the quintessential romantic. He would do this for a romantic evening with a girlfriend if he had one. So the fact that he's doing it for himself is both amusing and lovely. I Yeah, I agree. I agree. He's definitely speaking his own love language. Yeah. When he recaps a little bit about his relationships, he talks about Maria, the Ukrainian woman that he was involved with for a number of years. He reminded us that he had sent $40,000 to her, which is just unbelievable for a guy who doesn't earn that much money. That's so huge. That's a substantial amount of money to sink into a failed relationship. And with a woman who kept failing to meet him time and time again, whenever he Mm -hmm. went over there. And when he went to, was it Cancun? Somewhere in Mexico. Remember when he went there to meet up with her and she never showed? I don't remember. I just remember his, him doing the mingling with the matchmaking and he was wearing that top hat, which was just so right, cute and unique. Yes. So he upsta- he updates us on Alona as well, who is the woman that he met at the matchmaking events. And she decided to stay in Ukraine when the war started. So they ro- broke up as a result of that. And then I remember from the tell-all of his season that he was dating two Ukrainian women at the same time, but nothing was said about them. We don't know what happened. We're going to find out soon. You think so? I, I don't know. I just, just the way that the show has been going, I feel like they might drop that bomb on us later. Oh, well, that would be fabulous because I'm very curious. They did, it, like when the tell-all was happening, it did seem like these two women were very much engaged in the relationship with Caesar and they really wanted to come to the US. So what happened? Where did that go? We might see them on the horizon. Perhaps. Caesar's results from his fertility test come to him just two days later. And the news is not really good. There were no sperm in his sample. So that must be must have been quite shocking for him. And he says that he's doubtful of whether or not he can have children, obviously no sperm, no kids. But I mean, who with? Don't you want to start with a relationship first? Yeah, cart before the horse, I guess. But I think he was just doing this for himself to know whether or not it was a good or a possibility at all. So now he can mentally prepare for when he does get into a relationship that this might not be medically possible. Right, right. 
So because of those results, he decides to go dig a little deeper and he visits a urologist for a full fertility evaluation. And it seems like because he's taking testosterone therapy, this has a consequence or side effect of rendering the person sterile, which could be the case for Caesar. But in the case of hormone therapy, he can simply stop the hormones and the sperm should come back. However, and I was reading about this because I was really curious, you know, he was talking about how his testosterone was low. So he that's why he was doing the testosterone therapy. And I looked it up and it said, on average, men after the age of 40, their levels of testosterone decline about 1% a year. That's not a lot. However, it could be different for him. I, I don't know. But testosterone therapy can result in sterility, but also low testosterone can result in sterility. So even mm-hmm. if he's taking the testosterone to combat the other side effects of whatever it is that he's experiencing, if he goes off the therapy, it won't necessarily mean that his sperm come back because it may just be a product of low testosterone to begin with. Yeah, he's definitely going to have to weigh out the pros and cons. But thank you for sharing that because I was curious about that. I just didn't dive into that one. Mm -hmm. But that is that's super interesting. Yeah. So it's estimated that men are in the normal range for their their whole life, except at this point when they're 40 and things start to decline very, very slowly. But only an estimated 10 to 25% of men have levels which are considered to be low. So they get to keep their hormones basically their whole whole lives. But women, totally different story. Anyway, I totally applaud Caesar for doing this on TV. It's a very private, personal matter. But it's also a matter that other men need to know about and hear about so that they can be educated and know what's going on with their own bodies. So even if he gets flack for, you know, having this private moment beyond television, I, I thought it was really good that he was sharing this valuable information. I think so too. I think it takes away the embarrassment or has the potential to take away the embarrassment for men who are experiencing the same thing. I think yeah. this needs to to be talked about more, just just sexual health in general, reproductive health in general for for everyone needs to be talked about more. But I, I feel like it's been very taboo for men talking about their testosterone because, you know, testosterone I'm using quotations here, make a man, end yeah. quotes. I'm not saying that yeah. I believe that. That's just how society seems to view it. So yeah. yeah, good for him. Yeah. So I hope we see more of Caesar and that we get to follow him on this journey for his own fertility. I hope he meets somebody. We don't have any hints as to what's coming up next. That's basically where the segment ended for him. Then we moved on to Olga and Steven. I just realized that I wrote down the baby's name. <laughs> Stephen's name. Yeah, I've got Olga and Stephen and Alex and Layla. Yes. Because now had, they have two kids. Uh, yeah, I had Alex. So when you said Stephen, I was like, oh, I did watch it. <laughs> <laughs> okay, anyway. So this couple, Olga and Stephen, actually separated about a year and a half ago, according to the show. But they got back together when they realized that Olga was pregnant with their second child, Layla. Can't remember how old Layla is now. She's like six months somewhere. I have no idea. So because of this journey into parenthood that Stephen has taken. Oh, and by the way, both of them are only 25 years old, which is remarkable. 
that there are two kids already. Yeah. Two kids. They're keeping the marriage together. Good for them. That's amazing. He wants to know more about his family because of being a father himself now. And because when he was a kid, he found out that his dad was actually probably not really his biological dad. So he wants to find out who his father is. And he plans to do a DNA test in order to reach that end goal. I'm not clear on what kind of DNA test he did. It may just be a general DNA test. Not quite sure which one, but he definitely didn't do the paternity test because his dad's been gone for so long. So he'd have to find a living relative to be able to do that comparison. So I think this is just a, a regular DNA test just to see if there's anything in the database. Exactly. So it could be like an ancestry test, one of those. It's just a general thing where the most of the most of the information you get tells you about your heritage. So where you came from, where your people are from, how many generations ago they came from wherever. And it does not tell you who your father is unless that person happens to have taken the same DNA test and like you said is in their database. So they can link those people directly. Right. So it's like a shot in the dark. It's not really going to give him that much information that's useful. But he does do this test. He gets it back two months later. And he finds out that there are some second cousins who have done the same DNA test. And they share the same last name that his mother told him was the last name of his real father. So it seems like he's getting a little bit closer. It's a step in the right direction. Definitely. So he has much more work to do in order to actually get to know who his dad is, but he's started on this journey and it looks like he may be able to eventually figure it all out. I think this is most important, especially for the medical side, because then he'll be more aware of the potential genetic issues that maybe coming down the line for him, just so he can be more aware of the medical history of his family. Yeah, exactly. Always good information. Anyway, that was it for me. Do you have anything else? No, it seemed like it was a short episode. Next week, we're going to see Ed and Liz buying their house in Arkansas. I know, I've got the same expression on my face inside of disgust and dismay. However, And spoiler alert, so skip ahead if you don't want to hear this. We all know that she has a new boyfriend and they're all over social media. So that relationship is dead. Thank God. About time. Mm -hmm. We're also going to see Laura of Laura and Laura and Aladdin. So she was on the other way. She's single again. Yet I found that her last name is still Jalabi something like that. I'm probably mispronouncing it. She was his last name. She's dating again. We're going to see Sinjin with his new girlfriend. Looking for a third. Oh, yeah. I know. Whatever floats their boat. Jen is going to be on and she's weirdly talking to Rishi about IVF because he wants to have a child and she's obviously a little bit too old. And again, spoiler alert, We all know from social media that Rishi is married to somebody and just happened a couple of weeks ago and we've seen pictures and videos of the wedding. So, And it is not Jen. It is not Jen. And it was never going to be Jen. 
Finally, we have Yolanda. And this situation was just so fraught with drama. I absolutely loved it. Now, tell me if you got the same impression. Was she having an engagement ring that was not yet presented to her, basically tossed at her to say, I was going to give you this, but now I'm not. It felt like a dangled carrot. Yeah. But in a very, very mean, passive-aggressive way. Like, I was going to give you this, but now I'm not because I'm mad at something you did or said. Emotionally manipulative. And then somebody's mom slaps him in the face. <laughs> I do not condone violence. But that was that was pretty funny. <laughs> it should be good. Whatever it is. I can't wait to see it. I hope it was his mom. I think I think probably it was his mom. I th- I think that would yeah yeah just yeah we'll just go with that until next week though exactly and a reminder before we head out here that if you can please subscribe to the ninety day fiance honestly podcast we would be very appreciative of that and if you have a moment please leave us a rating thanks everyone thanks everyone. <laughs>